Hello everybody, it's Sam Zickman and David Redden here with our much-promised uh, NFL previews. And uh, without any further ado, welcome to the great man Sam Zickman. G'day, Sam. Uh, David, great to be with you again. Always look forward to these, uh, these podcasts, especially when we're doing some of these uh, previews for the NFL. It's, uh, it's obviously a sport that me and you absolutely love, and we are dissecting these divisions one by one, and it's, uh, it's great fun. And we've got some interesting teams to talk about tonight. We certainly do. Just before we go, the Milwaukee Bucks have ma- all of a sudden made the NBA Finals a compelling series. It's 2 all. Wasn't that an amazing game today? Yep. Oh, one of the blocks from Giannis was amazing and Devin Booker getting away with some fouls that should have been 3,001. It, was a, it had everything. I, um, I felt for Chris Paul. He had a bad late turnover. Uh, but I'm just glad to see it 2-2 and... Heading back to Phoenix, so really, really exciting last three games. It's now a three-game series. Phoenix have got two on their home floor. They'd still be the favourites, but what a massive game it'll be uh, on Sunday. I think it might be the next one. Game five is always the biggest, isn't it? It really is, because it puts one one team, then one win away, so... Fantastic! It's compelling watching. So if you if you get a chance, make sure you're tuning in for Phoenix in Milwaukee. It really is a great series between two sides that haven't been in the finals for a long, long time. David, I hope for, for the team who uh, who gets knocked off, it's going to be a hard campaign because the Lakers are coming back hard next year, and uh, I expect them to be right back in the mix. Indeed, uh, absolutely right. We're going to talk tonight about the two southern, two south divisions. We're going to talk about the AFC South and the NFC South, ladies and gentlemen. We've gone through the east and the north, so now it's time for the south. The first um, conference we're going to look at at the moment is the AFC South, and that's made up of Tennessee, Indianapolis, Houston, and Jacksonville. Now, just before we start with go, handing over to Sam, this this uh, division last year finished with joint uh, joint winners. Tennessee and Indianapolis. Tennessee got through uh, as the divisional champions. Indianapolis, they were both eleven and five. Houston, four and twelve, and Jacksonville, the worst team in the in the NFL, at one and fifteen. Sam, this is Jacksonville in particular are going to be very different. Houston have been an absolute train wreck in the off season, and I do mean that. And having lived in Houston, I still have a pretty much soft spot for them. Tennessee's recruited brilliantly, and you can you can and Indianapolis have a new quarterback. It's a fascinating division. Sam, your thoughts this year on looking forward to the AFC South, please. It's an interesting division in that there's some just some teams that are just going all over the place here. You've got you talk about your Texans and they're a team that's close to your heart, David. But they are that they are a train wreck and they've been that way for a number of years. They were almost driven into the ground by their front office with some terrible trades uh, and some really poor moves. And their their superstar quarterbacks had a really questionable off season. Um, you know, we won't dive into to what's going on with Sean off-field. That's, you know, something that will play out. We can't. It's sub-judice. So we, we can't. It's as simple as that. that. That's right. But, you know, he he's a superstar of the competition, but he's had so many things going on that if he does even get back on the field, I don't know where it will be, and I wonder where his head will be at. So I'm going to almost assume he won't be out there this year when we, yep. we talk about the Texans. And for that reason, I've got the Texans having a really tough year and, I've actually, I actually forecast. I'm thinking two wins. Oh, I think they'll get the number one draft pick next year. They're, they're going to be terrible. They've got a bloke as their GM who ran that ran football for Bill Belichick in New England for many years. A guy called Nick Casario. I'm sure you've seen those um, uh, do your job uh, video, um, video uh, 
videos that New England did after a couple of their Super Bowl wins, and Casario is a very smart operator, but he's walking into it from the frying pan into a massive fire. And I would have had no idea either what was going on when he walked in. He would have expected to have it to Sean Watson, and Watson was almost out the door because he didn't feel consulted in that process almost. You know, that, was, that was the beginning of the end for Sean Watson. Yep, I have them finishing last clearly, which brings us to the most fascinating team in the entire division, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're, the one thing, if you're in northeast Florida at the moment, there's hope, isn't there? There is. There is. And there's faith, David, because Tim Tebow's running around as well. So <laughs> there's a lot happening down at the Jaguars. <laughs> They've got Urban Meyer as coach. Tebow's on the bubble to make the roster. They've got the, you know, the, the consensus number one pick and probably the best quarterback to come out in a number of years, uh, Trevor Lawrence. You know, he's going to take over from Gardner Minshew, and that's a huge upgrade. Minshew will obviously stay on the roster. Well, for the time being, he will. You know, he may potentially be traded um, as the season goes on because he wasn't terrible by any stretch of the imagination. He's just he's not Trevor Lawrence. And, yeah, I'm really excited to see them go around. I'm, I'm thinking six wins, but, but on the way up to six wins. You know, yep. they'll be in a lot of games. They may not get over the line, but they're going to win. Um I think they've got some really good players as well for Lawrence. I really like Josh Allen on defense. He's a really good pass rush player, which is going to be good. Um, I'm really enthused about the Jaguars, which is you know, hasn't been the case for the last couple of years. They're going to be exciting. Oh, but they are. They've got real potential. Um, it it well, it doesn't look like they are um, in their. Uh, that this division plays the AFC AFC sorry the NFC West as part of their schedule, and. <laughs> They're tough games to go all that travel, and then they've got to play Zona Seattle, <laughs> Zona Seattle, San Francisco. There's three, and um, and the Rams. So it's it's tough ass for them. I agree with you. I think they'll finish five or six wins, and I think we'll see a, a star in the making. And what are we fascinating to see how Urban Meyer manages? He's had health problems in the past. He's been an absolutely superb college coach. Let's see if he can make the step up into the big boys. Good thing for the Jaguars, David. They've got two games against the Texans, so that's going to help them. And they start off against them, so they might be 1-0 after the first week. The Indianapolis Colts traded in, got Carson Wentz in, and they're going to be really interesting. They had an all-world quarterback there last year at the end of his career. Carson Wentz comes in with a lot of question marks over his head. Do you think that the Colts can top the Titans? Because I don't. I think the Titans will win the division. Yeah, I'll, I'll preempt my division here that I think the Colts will have a good year. They've got they've got such a good defense that they're mm. going to win games um, because of it. But I think they're, I'm forecasting probably eight to nine wins, and then I've got the text, uh, the Titans, you know, cracking the ten or eleven win mark. So I think they'll finish second in the division. I don't think it'll be enough for a wild card uh, given seventeen games. So yeah, I think Carson, Carson Wentz is an interesting pickup. He, he started so well at the Eagles, mm. you know, he had that injury, and then Foles came in and won the Super Bowl. It was never the same for Wentz. He had to go. Um, you know, Phil Rivers did his job at the Colts. He played okay. He did. You know? Like he's obviously pulled the pin to spend time with his with his family. How many kids has he got? Ten or eleven or something. Oh, like that. I think he's got nine. Yeah, nine. So he's got a lot of kids. So that'll keep him busy. But look, I don't mind the Colts. They've still got Ty Hilton. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is an exceptional running back, and I think he can go to the next level. And if he does, you know, maybe they could turn the tables and get ten wins. But yeah, for, for mine. Um, they're going to have a good year, but I, just, I think they need to upgrade a quarterback if they're really going to push. So, 
interesting to see what they do. And again, when you finish with eight or nine wins, Dave, you're not getting a top pick in the draft. So no, you're not. And and there's a lot of competition in the AFC for that for the bottom end of the of the playoffs. Um, you would think that there'll be two teams that'll come out of the AFC North because the Ravens, Steelers, and Browns are normally pretty strong. Yeah. So is the NFC East. Not sure about the AFC West. Um, that they're a bit of an anomaly, and we'll talk about them next week. But I think in this division, there'll be one team that comes through, and that particular team's just added an all-world wide receiver who may be past his best, but it's a pretty good recruit picking up Julio Jones. Thank you very much. And, and the person who's going to, or the two people who are going to benefit the most from Julio Jones arriving is AJ Brown, because suddenly he's maybe going to get a second defender, and then the other one is Ryan Tannehill, because he's got a safety net of Julio Jones. Now when he's you know, three at third and nine, third and eight. Um, he's got Julio. So, yeah, look, he's past his prime, but he's just such a dynamic player. He's hard to overthrow. He's a big presence. So I really like that pickup for the Titans. You know, we can't forget Derek Henry. I mean, he's an absolute beast of yep. a running back. He, I mean, he, they hang on to him four or five, and he just keeps running. He, his yards after contact are unbelievable. Um, a really big pickup here. Um, well, sorry, really a pickup, should say. A really big loss here is that Arthur Smith is gone, um, and he was their offensive coordinator. So he's widely known as the best play caller in the NFL, and he's gone over to the head coach at Atlanta. Yes. So I'm just interested to see what that does to, to Mike Rabel's coaching staff and what that means for Tannehill. Uh, and, and the reason it's important for this podcast is because we're obviously going to talk about Atlanta a little bit later in the podcast. So... That's a really big loss um, for the Titans, but I think they've got a good enough roster to get to 10 wins and win the division. It's not an actually strong division this year. It's it's not the strongest in the competition by any means. Just uh, week one, the Jaguars have got the Texans in, in South Texas in Houston. Um, and then the other two got teams, I think you'll find, are, are playing away against AFC West competition. So we'll just bring those up now. So, we have the Jaguars and the Texans. Then we have... No, I was wrong. The Arizona come to uh, Nashville to play the Titans, which is a big test for the Titans first up because Zona can seriously play. They are no mugs at all. And um, that leaves us with the Colts. I'll just locate where the Colts are at for you. And actually, they're, they're, so they've both got a NFC West competition. The Seattle come to Indianapolis. So there's two huge tests straight up. Um, Seattle can serious, Seattle can play and so can Arizona. Arizona's picked up one of the best defenders. And that's the other thing with Houston is they've lost their best player in history in J.J. Watt. And if you look at the history of the Texans, it's not a long history. What's their best player? They drafted a guy called Mario Williams, number one, and he was a good defensive player for a while, but he hasn't had the same effect as J.J. Watt. So, no, J.J. Watt, he's, he's the franchise. Well, him and Deshaun and, and uh, neither will likely be there. Well, obviously, J.J. won't be there, and Deshaun, I don't think he'll be there either. No. So... I, we both feel that it will finish something along these lines. Tennessee is divisional winner. Indianapolis second, and we both think they won't go through. Jacksonville on the way up, maybe six wins. And Houston in more pulp than a Werribee duck. And if they can pull wins out of this season, they'll have done amazingly well. And watch them go. They may be in the market for quarterbacks around, like Minshew and other people like that. Maybe they may be very interested in them. But that's how we both we both agree on the AFC South. which. Yep, which takes us to an extraordinarily competitive NFC. Oh, NFC this, is, this is almost an opposite, isn't it? Every team in this division, wow. Indeed. So last year, the NFC South. New Orleans finished 12-4, and four, won the division outright. 
Tampa got the wild card 11 and 5 and, of course, won the Super Bowl. And they beat New Orleans in that magnificent Superdome to get through. Carolina 5 and 11 and Atlanta 4 and 12. This, the potentially, the team that worries me the most, Carolina, because I'm not convinced on their quarterback. But Sam, the NFC South, it's uh, got huge potential. I actually think that without Drew Brees there, that it shifts the balance of power a little bit in, in this division. Over to you. I think it shifts the balance mainly around the second um, spot in the playoffs. I, I don't know whether it's going to be there for this division now. Um, you would you basically lock away Tampa and New Orleans with the Drew Brees and Tom Brady show, but I'm not sure whether New Orleans are going to be able to get there uh, for a playoff spot. But yeah, let's let's start with Carolina and the mystery man that is Sam Darnold. He's obviously come in to take over quarterback at Carolina. Neither of us are convinced that Sam Darnold is an NFL level quarterback. He Correct. had a really checkered um, NFL career, and to be honest, he had a really checkered college career too. He just he never lit it up, but yet he came out such a high prospect. And yeah, I'm a bit worried about Sam, and um, I'm just not sure he's going to be able to lead that team to, to many more than maybe five or six wins this year, David. Oh, I think they're going to have all sorts of trouble within their own division because I actually have difficulty see them winning very many games at home. They will not win away. They will not. They've got two dome teams to play against away. They won't go to Raymond Jones Stadium and beat them there. So they're 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 0-3 already when they go away. And I think they're going to. I I agree. I think five, five to six wins is is up is up on them. And I reckon that Darnold will have. Oh, he may be one and done in Carolina. He's just not good enough. He's got a lot to prove. Oh, look, I hope he goes well because he played with a dysfunctional football side in H. Rutherford for, for a couple of years. But to go all in on Darnold is a really bizarre thing to do on behalf of the Carolina ownership. Oh, I would have. Yeah, it's odd. Oh, there strange. are other blokes. There are other young. There are Minshew's a better player than him. Yeah, it's a strange one. But look, they've got a bit going for them. We can't, you know, obviously their quarterback situation is a worry. What I do like about Carolina, I like Matt Rule as a coach. I think he's a great coach. Yeah. Um, they've got McCaffrey, who's coming back off ankle and shoulder issues from last year. Um, That's because he was been, carrying the side. Oh, he was, in every sense of the word, he was carrying it. He's back. Um, look, I, I love my NFL fantasy football, David, and I'll throw a little, um, a little one out here for anyone who plays. Uh, Terrence Marshall was drafted in the round two, pick 59. He's a wide receiver. And I think he's going to be a really, really solid player for Carolina to support McCaffrey. Uh, so watch out for um, for Terrence Marshall. And then obviously they've still got DJ Morse. They've got talented players. They just don't have a quarterback. The Atlanta Falcons. Um, yes, as you, you were talking about Arthur Smith about five minutes ago, um, who's gone to become the, the, the head, the, the gaffer in Atlanta. Um Matt Ryan probably in the in the in the last quarter of his career, um, and actually had a chance to win a Super Bowl and couldn't do it. I, I'm at, Atlanta are a quandary. They I don't think they even convinced their own fans, and I just wonder how they're going to go. It's a, this is this is such a tough division for Carolina and Atlanta. It really is. Yeah, I've got I've got Atlanta squeaking out seven wins just off the back of some unbelievable talent. Ridley, um, Kyle Pitts. Yeah, consensus superstar. Well, that they reckon that he is the best drafted wide receiver in like a generation, um, and you've got to go back to Jones. That that's how good they reckon he is. And that, you, yeah, absolutely. If if you drafted not off need, off best player, he goes number one. Uh, yes, he goes number one. That that's right. Um, and I'm sure that there are other other teams 
that were furious that Atlanta took them when they did because they would, they would have loved to have him in, in their lineup. But he's, yeah, 6'4", just a beast, great player, gives Ryan, um, and, and he can block. So he gives Ryan all sorts of opportunities to set up his attack um, and, and get him the ball. and get They'll get the ball in his hands, and will he get a double team? Uh, he's this dynamic that he, he could actually get that. He, he, how crazy is that? He'll walk into the NFL and get double-teamed. I think he has to. Um, oh, I, I've got no doubt. Actually him. We talked about Julio being a real benefit, um, you know, heading over for, for AJ Brown, and it's the same in reverse for uh, for um, Kyle Pitts because he doesn't have Julio, but, yeah, he's obviously got Ridley, so that's, that's pretty solid. But, yeah, look, tough, tough for uh, both Atlanta and Carolina, but if I had the two situations that I... Because there's Pitts and there's Ridley, I'd probably prefer Atlanta's situation. But anyway, we'll wait and see what both of those teams do this year. But I think they will struggle in this division. The last time New Orleans didn't have Drew Brees behind centre, I had hair. It's that long ago. Um, Drew Brees is retired. And it asked so many questions in, in, in the Superdome for Sean Payton and his crew. Very talented football side. But who leads them? Who guides them? And can they make the playoffs? This is the number one question coming out of the, the, the training camp for New Orleans, is who, who is the successor for Drew Brees? I know who I would pick, and he's had a questionable pass, and again, we won't dive too deeply into that. But I really like Jameis Winston. Really like him as a quarterback. He would be my pick. I think Taysom Hill's a good player, but when you weigh the two up, you've got you know one player who, who really struggles to, to throw the ball deep and to get completions with Taysom Hill. He's a great runner. Whereas Jameis Winston just turns the ball over and he's such a good passer. Um, I think I'd turn the team over to Jameis to start with and then see what happens. I'd still bring Taysom Hill in in the, in the wildcat and you know certain situations that, that he requires. But, yeah, I like Jameis Winston, so I'd bring him in and, and I think New Orleans can, can push for 10 wins uh, and maybe, maybe get into the playoffs. Um, they've got such a good defence. Um, obviously, Sean Payton as well as a coach. But when you've got players like Cam Jordan and... You know, Malcolm Jenkins and Lattimore on defense. I mean, yeah, we, we gloss over players like Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. So they're a team, New Orleans. They, they are still a team. Yes. And if Jameis plays well, they can do anything. They can. Um, it's interesting. We've, we've gone through some other visions. Look, look, I've got the, the entire NFC up in front of me. And I'm thinking, looking at these divisions, there will not be two teams come out of the NFC because they're flat out not good enough. The NFC North is fascinating, depending upon if if Rogers plays. No, there could actually be three teams come from the NFC West. That's how competitive it is. But I agree, New Orleans, their their unknown quantity is under centre. Um, the rest of their side is a very very good football side, and they've got lots and lots of attacking weapons. But um, they're going to run into the Super Bowl champions, Tampa Bay, who they actually beat twice last year, home and away, and then lost the big one at the Superdome. I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going through winning the division. And, in fact, I think they might win by more than one game. I think they might win by two or three. Yeah, I've got them at 13 wins. Um, there's a lot of... <laughs> it was a really interesting year for Tampa Bay last year. They, they obviously had some real challenges in the off-season. Brady comes in. There's no training camp. There's nothing because of COVID. They're doing online stuff. He doesn't get to pass the ball with his team. They, they were a bit disjointed for the first, say, six or eight weeks of the year. But then they've had this amazing run of no injuries. Everyone available. That never happens in the NFL. Uh, and when it does happen, you often win the Super Bowl, and they did. So I'm expecting that things might be a little bit more, um, you know, I guess, 
in favour of Brady across the off season. So getting to do the all the training camps for them, I just don't know. And look, you never, you certainly never want to wish injuries on players, but they just got through the season without any last year. Um, I just wonder whether that might uh, that might even out. And they, and they are, you know, a really impressive team, David. That that is for sure. And I still have them as favourite for the Super Bowl, but you just wonder whether they're going to have the same um, run of luck they had last year. Very fair points. They're going to be a year better, a year more organised, a full pre preseason. Um, and you wonder how many more years they'll, they'll continue on with this sort of roster. They're probably a two or three year window, you would think. Uh, week one for the NFC South has Sam Zickman's Dallas. Oh, nice start to the season. Tampa Bay. Oh, in. Oh and one. Oh and one, David. <laughs> Dallas go to Tampa week one to play at Raymond Jones. And in fact, that's Thursday Night Football's game one of the season. The Panthers get the Jets at home, and that should be a win to, to Carolina, um, to be quite quite blunt. The Saints have a nice old start. They've got the Packers in at the Louisiana Superdome, which is huge for them. And the Falcons have a really interesting game. Jalen Hurts and his mob come from Philadelphia down to Atlanta to play. So that's an interesting draw. That's a tough ask, especially if the Packers first up. Holy cow. Nice old out-of-division game first up. But you can see Carolina and Tampa winning there. And actually, the Falcons and Eagles might be the closest game of the four. Yeah, you're not wrong. It's an interesting start there. A really interesting start. I mean, good for Carolina if they can get off to a good start. Donald's obviously going back against the Jets. So Remarkable. Who knows what he'll do? Who yeah. knows what he'll do? He, he might have 400 yards and six touchdowns against his old team, or he might throw four picks. We don't know. But, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I, I think the main interest here for me is can New Orleans get in? And I think maybe what you've gone through, David, maybe they can. Maybe they can get through with, with nine or ten wins. Yeah, again, we'll talk next week about the NFC West. Um, that's a power-laden division. It's a very, very competitive division. Arizona's got stronger. San Francisco's got stronger. The Rams and the, the, the Rams are the best defense in the NFL last year. Um, and you can see two teams coming from there clearly, um, as was the case last year. Um, it does make it tough for the others. Uh, look, there's probably three divisions playing for five spots, given that there'll be one coming out of the NFC East. If more than one comes out of the East, teams will have to step up massive, like Deluxe. Like Dallas will have to go 12 and 2, 12 and 5, and Washington 11 and 6. And I'm not sure they're that good. Um, so we'll have a chat about the West. You're right. The West is me. And, and the fact that the Rams have got better um, with Stafford suggests that they may potentially push for a playoff spot. Absolutely. Well, when you consider that they were the worst offensive team in their division last year. Seattle put on 459, the Cardinals 410, the Niners 390, and the Rams 372. But again, their defense was magnificent. Um, their defense gave away 296 points, which was the best in the whole, in the entire competition. So, yeah, look, I, I think they've got clearly better with Stafford. I think Detroit's got worse with that trade. I just, that is an astonishing trade for my. There's clearly more that got, that's not a football decision. There's obviously the front office has just fallen out of love with Matthew Stafford. So, I find that astonishing. I think he's going to star over there at SoFi Stadium. Nice weather. How much is he going to love having Sean McVay? Oh, it's a tough division. Don't get me wrong. It but is, he... It is going to be really tough. I can't wait to get into that one. It's, it's not till next week, and I'm already getting excited about it. Indeed. Um, Sam, that sort of brings us to a conclusion on the on the, on the the South divisions, AFC and NFC. Anything else you wanted to talk about before we um, call it quits for tonight? No, I think that's all. Obviously, um, shout out to everyone uh, who's listening to us across Sydney and New South Wales, and obviously 
thinking about our friends down in Victoria when there may be an announcement there uh, soon as well. So just yeah, passing our best on to everyone, Dave, and hope that our podcast gives everyone an opportunity to tune out and, and uh, talk a bit about NFL. Indeed. Uh, best wishes to everyone. It, it is a pretty ordinary situation with COVID-19, actually in the eastern states of Australia at the moment. Another sport that Sam and I are heavily involved with, the AFL, has had a massive uplift today. Five teams have flown at short notice to southeast Queensland, and I think they'll maybe actually... nightmare down there at AFL House today. Oh, yeah. Mind you, if, you, if you're if you a Giants or Swans player and they offered you to play in eight degrees in Ballarat with a wind chill of minus 10 or go and play at the Gabba in the nice sun, I think I know where I'd go. You and I'd be okay in the cold weather, but I think the Giants and the Suns would be quite happy to be up in Brisbane again. I'd, I'd already be on the way to the airport. <laughs> oh, having been in Ballarat in the middle of winter... Oh, my God. It would be minus five with the wind chill. Fair dinkum. Oh. Yeah, I suffered. Uh, well, I shouldn't say suffered for the night field of Ballarat. I, I did my university at Ballarat. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you what, when you're having a kick in Ballarat, well, the gloves are on and the long sleeves are on. Oh, absolutely. The grass the grass is frozen at 6 p.m. All right, Sammy, thank you so much for your time. Um, just while we're here, Sam and I and our great mate Lucas Holmes are going to do an Olympics podcast later on, so keep an ear out for that. But Sam and I will be next week to do the conclusion of our NFL previews, and we're going to look at two very, very talent-laden divisions, the NFC West and the AFC West. Um, the AFC West probably got the best player in football, and the NFC West just runs deep. Sam, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, David. Can't wait to chat next week and uh, also on our Olympics podcast. I'm looking forward to that very much. On behalf of Sam, this is David. That's been the NFC South and the AFC South. We'll catch up with you next week for the West Divisions. On behalf of Sam, this is David. Goodbye for now.